Good morning. Um, first of all, I want to, Casey, thank you for that. And I would like to ask everybody to be praying for Casey this week as she has uh, wonderfully uh, taken on the duties of some of our church administration. So um, it's an answer to prayer. And um, please, especially as she will be learning from Justin, be praying for her. My name is Nathan Holloman, and I am not the answer to the prayer of the search committee. I'm not here to serve as your full-time pastor, but I am an elder here. Um, I will give a little bit of warning. I see a lot of visitors here, which, first of all, thank you for coming. It's great to have you all. Um, This is my uh, third attempt at a sermon. The last one uh, resulted in evacuation of the building by a fire drill. So if that happens, I may just leave and not come back. Um... No, it is a joy to have everybody here. Um, this passage may seem a little obscure, um, but hopefully as we walk through it, um, we'll get some clear understanding. Um, I recently took a new role at work, and part of that is, is I'm going through um, a bunch of transition and teams, so I get to meet a lot of new people. Two weeks ago, we had at work called Summer Camp, and yes, I am an adult. I just happened to work for a software company, and it seemed like a good thing to do. Um, So part of summer camp was every time we'd go into a room, we would introduce ourselves. And usually there was three or four questions that came alongside of it, like, what is your favorite color? How long have you worked in technology? Your favorite dessert? Any number of things. Um, But I realized that I answered a question a lot of, hello, my name is, I would say Nathan Holloman, and then usually I would follow that up with, I enjoy long walks on the beach, or something funny, Um, but not once did I follow it up with saying something like, Hello, my name is Nathan, and I'm a child of God, or anything overly, um, maybe holy or righteous or anything along those lines. Um, And it it struck me that I think we all deal with identity crisis, and I think that in doing so, um, we go about our daily life, whether we're we're firm in our faith or whether we're not, whether we're questioning our faith, whether we're uh, sitting in a room wondering what God is or what God was or what God will be, we question on a daily basis who we are because we're constantly being shaped. Some of that is, is we're not complete yet. Um, we will be. But it got me thinking a little bit about my own walk and, and who I was. And so I thought I'd tell you a little bit about my, um, my background. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. Um, I was one of those, uh, well, I was a good kid. I think if my mom was here, she would say amen. Um, I think we could argue that I might have been a little goody two-shoes, which if my sister were here, she would say hallelujah. Um, But I wanted to do the right thing. I didn't want to do the wrong thing. Um, And at the same point in time, I have what a lot of Christians refer to as that boring testimony. Um, I came to faith when I was 13. Um, But again, I grew up in a church, and I never... I wouldn't say I was ever too far out of the, the, grip, the grasp of um, the church. I was very far out of the grasp of God, though. And I think that's important for us all to understand is, is that we can sit in a pew, or in this case, a folding chair, and we can say that we're part of a church, but are you part of God? And I think that's something that we all have to, de- to deal with and grasp, grapple with. Um, and, and thinking of this, just to let you know, just because I... Justin and I talked this week about numerous things, and I was always telling them that I always have a song in my heart. Um, Angie and I talk about that with our kids and, and things like that from time to time. 
Um, I used to work with a guy who uh, I would s- sit in a cube and he sat next to me. I would start singing and he would start going. He didn't have quite that, that level of impact. Um, but I have to make sure I tell him about that on Monday. Um, anyway, God's always spoken to me through the words of his songs that he has delivered through folks. I mean, just hearing this song, um, Justin and I talked about Amazing Grace this week. And thank you all for playing that. Um, God's amazing grace always speaks to me, especially in that song. Um, but it was through an Al Denson concert that I came to faith. Anybody know Al Denson? I didn't think so. Um, think late 80s, you know, kind of popish. I mean, this, you know, there, there's a lot of Christian music that came around this bad. This was pretty bad. This was worse. Um, <laughs> But somehow or another, as a 13-year-old sitting in um, a Baptist church in West Columbia, South Carolina, God spoke to me. And um, he spoke to me through, and I'm just going to share the song. Feel free to, one day, you can go Google it. I can send you a link. It is actually on YouTube, so it has transcended into the 21st century. Um, but this is, the song is called Reckless Heart, Al Denson. One person standing in the crowd, willing to follow, but ready to step out. I want to make my life your own and take a path I've seldom known. But can I take the chance? Will I find you? Let me find you. And you got to imagine like pre-Milli Vanilli singing that to really take, take heart to it. But that was where I was. I wasn't the kid who flirted with danger. I wasn't the kid in my past where I can look at back and say, I was missing something, or I had a great huge hole that was identifiable to my brother. However, I had a great big hole because I was blind. And so I gave you a list, and I put in here I was, and you can fill in your own I was if you'd like, but I was blind to God in my life. I was blind to the fact that I had a Savior who was willing to die for me. Being a good Southern Baptist, um, let's see, we got some kids in the audience just because it's part of the fun. Anybody uh, know John 3.16? All right, Olivia. You raised your hand. Let's hear it. Maybe you don't know it. That's right. Thank you. Um, So in case anybody didn't hear that, John 3.16, in the beginning... For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I think that was the theme of 13 vacation Bible studies that I went to prior to becoming a believer in Christ as a Baptist. Um, But at the same point, for some reason, hearing those lyrics of Reckless Heart, it made sense. God allowed it to sink and, and all of a sudden become very impactful. Um, some of you may be sitting here today and you say, well, God hasn't impacted me yet. Here's my encouragement to you, if I can grant it, is to always be willing to listen. But in order to listen, you have to slow down. We live in a world, um, my kids would probably be embarrassed when I say this, but we live in a world where you have five seconds, what do you do? You pick up your, let's see what's going on on Facebook, let's check that latest text. God speaks to you most loudly when you're quiet. So be quiet. 
be willing to, um, to fall. So in that, um, moving along in, the, in this passage, the, um, the, the overarching part of this passage here reflects, um, especially when he talks about the, how there's a difference in the understanding of a believer versus a non-believer. Um, and I, I reference this passage largely because it hit me the biggest difference between where I was and where I am, and more importantly, where I need to be. So just in, in verse 18, they darkened in their understanding, alienated from life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. Does that resonate with anybody? Have you ever felt lonely? Have you ever felt despair? Have you ever felt lack of hope? God can transcend all of that and give you the hope at the end of it. That's part of the difference there. That's part of what becomes in the I am. With the, with the I am part of this passage, one of the things that impacted me is, well, and I will share this. Some of you may know the song that's out there. It's Hello, My Name Is. Does anybody know that song? Um, it, it, some of the things it references is Hello, My Name Is Regret. I'm pretty sure we've met. Hello, my name is Defeat. I know you recognize me. And then um, it goes on to talk about, hello, my name is Child of the One True King. I've been saved. I've been changed. I've been set free. Amazing Grace is the song that I sing. Hello, my name is Child of the One True King. That doesn't change the fact that we still have those other things. We still have the regret. We still have defeat. That's the result of a fallen world that we live in. But we have the hope to know that we're being transformed. We're in section of this is that I am redeemed. We have a new life. And that's the bulk of what this passage is referring to. Barry preached for us a while back, and when he did, he broke out a Big Daddy Weave song. Um... I am redeemed. Um, is anybody familiar with that song? Been set free. Again, songs resonate with me a little bit. So, get, thanks for the uh, the patience on that. Um, but part of that is is I'll, I'll shake off these heavy chains and wipe away every stain. Now I'm not the one who I that I used to be, but I'm redeemed. We're different. So part of being redeemed. Does anybody know what redeemed means? I looked it up. So redeemed is to, to compensate for the faults or bad aspects of something or to gain or regain a possession of something in exchange for payment. That's the part we want to drill in on because Christ redeemed us. There's only one way we could go from our old self to our new self, and that is for payment that had to, be, that had to take place, and that was Christ on the cross. He did that for each one of us. So what else happens once you come to faith in Christ? What are some other things that we are? We mentioned in there, and I'm going to go through a, a bunch of verses. Um, I'll try to highlight some of this as well, but we're, we are loved. That comes out of 1 John 3, 3. It points that out. We're accepted, Ephesians 1, 6. We're a child of God. Now that's multiple places, but I'll reference John 1, 12 there. Um, John 15 says, You are my friends. If you do what I command. 
Do you feel like a friend of God? We're joint heirs. That's Romans. Um, we're a member of Christ's body. 1 Corinthians. This is the one that always gets me. Ephesians points out that we're a saint. I feel more sinner than saint. We're a new creation. We're free from condemnation. That's in Romans 8.1. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We're God's co-worker, 2 Corinthians 6.1. We have direct access to God. That's one of my favorite parts. I know that no matter how bad I fall away, no matter how many times I get angry or do the wrong thing, I can call God up. We used to have that little running joke that, um, as a Clemson fan that you could call heaven easy from Clemson because it was a local call. Um, you can, anybody can talk to God at any time. It's just a matter of opening up. It's about being quiet. Be still, and you can reach out. Um, Last, I believe it was last week, we um, did the Lord's Prayer. I love the Lord's Prayer. Part of the reason I love the Lord's Prayer is when I don't know what to say to God, I'm not sure how to frame it, I can say the Lord's Prayer. Um, I also believe, personally, that you can reach out to God and you can say, God, I don't know how to pray. I did Young Life in college, and one of the things we did with Young Life was we'd go to a um, summer a trip each year with the kids, and we would go to a place called Windy Gap. Windy Gap is a phenomenal place. If you ever get a chance to go, it takes me back to my youth, and I love it. Um, but we did something that was called a cabin talk, um, or quiet time, depending on what it was. And um, I had a kid from Wahala, South Carolina, who did not know his dad. He um, had a mother who was an addict, and he lived in his aunt's mobile home. Um, and this kid was hard. Come to find out, he had a big heart. He just didn't want to let anybody in. Because everybody he had let in before hurt him. Somehow, over the course of um, a fellow Young Life leader, he, this kid came to faith in the gap. And in doing so in cabin time, part of it is we would always pray. I'm always struck by how he prayed. It resonates clearly with me. He says, Yo, God... I'm mad. I'm mad at the things you let happen to me. But thank you for tomorrow. That was his prayer. And he didn't know what, I don't think he knew really what he was saying or not, but it it struck me, first of all, in the fact that I went to Presbytery yesterday. I love going to Presbytery. It's always fun, but it gets very um, official. It's where the prayers have the these and the thous. Um, if you don't have the right tie on, you might be looked at funny. Um, they pray with a sense of royalty. They use words that I think are earnest. I know they're earnest. But there's something real also about a kid who says, Yo, God, I'm mad. Always be willing to go to God where you are, because you are his child. Anybody in here who has children knows that you want your children to always come to you. 
You don't want them just to come when they have the pleasing word. You want to feel their pain. You want to know how you can help them. You want to know how you can love them. You always want to go to where they are, and you always want them to come to you. Another part of of being blind here that I'd like to point out is we, we know that you know, first John tells us in the spirit of truth that the, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. Um, we know the first Corinthian tells us the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers them foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. First John then says, uh, such a person does not know the way to go having been blinded by the darkness. All of these things can cause us to feel insulated, to want to take this church, build up four pretty walls, hang nice little pennants on it here and there. We want the creed over here. We've got to have the, um, you know, maybe something from the Westminster over here. We want to make sure we cover all the doctrinal things. We're not called to be a church of four walls where we insulate ourselves. We're called to go out into the world. And that's the last part of this passage that I want to cover because it's been on my heart a lot. Um, I'll just say that there's a lot of things going around in this world that has been very polarizing to uh, Christians either in the low country or in the world, one of which has been all the talk around immigration. I'm not trying to take a side on immigration, not trying to make a commentary on immigration, but one of the things that often is missing from all these conversations is love. Um, the other side of it too is, is around racial reconciliation and it's very popular right now in the Presbytery uh, it, from a PCA perspective it's also Charleston just issued an apology um, for years of slavery um, again the conversations when they get into it become heated and they're missing one important thing and that's love and that's the part that I think we miss out on as Christians and that's part of the third part of, of we are. And we are and I am should go hand in hand here, but I want to, I just want to bring us forward to what we're missing as a church. And I think back to the greatest commandment. Anybody know the greatest commandment? Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Um, this is all for Matt. I'm going to read it from Matthew, a teacher. What is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Easy enough, right? Can you subtract that from the second greatest commandment? Anybody know the second greatest commandment? That's right. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. We, um, and, and Casey stopped when she was reading through this passage, she stopped there for, be imitators of God as beloved children. Um, but I'll add to that, um, and it may have been hindsight on my part, but verse Verse 2 on that says, And walk in love as Christ provided us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. As I pray for us as a church, one of the biggest things that I hope that we're able to achieve as we go forward 
as we work on things like a DNA document, as we work on things like a, from a business perspective, we talk about, you know, what's our plan? What's our six-month vision? What's our year vision? What's our two-year vision? I look at Mike Miller in the back, and I see him about to hit the field with his wonderful family, and I'm going, for them, I hope they go out, and whatever they do, they do it in love. I hope for us, whatever we do, we do in love. I hope that we do it not because, not just because we're commanded to, but because aren't we loved? God's greatest gift to us is He's making us whole. He's justifying us. We have, a, we have hope. We have a go forward. We know that there's a heaven ahead of us. Um, why would we not want to go forward to our neighbor today and share that same love? So my challenge, I guess, as I go forward and continue through this is, is to look at ways where we can go throughout our day. And I charge you today and tomorrow, we'll just start with 48 hours. Think of a way that perhaps you can love in a way that you didn't yesterday. For some of us, that's with our spouse. For some of us, maybe it's with a child. For some of us, it's that neighbor next door. Maybe tomorrow was going into the office and stopping by someone's desk and just saying hi. That's where it starts. Christians aren't called to to memorize everything and be able to regurgitate words. We're called to action. Will you all join me in that this week? Let me close this with prayer. Almighty God, you are our king, and we thank you for that. Lord, I praise you that in all that you've done, whether our testimony is a child who came to faith through growing up in a church or whether it's through someone with a much more difficult trial that they faced, I thank you that it is your magic and your power and your might that transforms lives, transform my life, and I pray that it will transform all the lives here. Thank you that it continues to do so. I do pray, Lord, that we will go about everything we do in love. I pray that we can look at how you've changed us, how what we were yesterday is not what we are today. And more importantly, Lord, what we are today, help us to be even better at it tomorrow. Thank you for this opportunity to bring your word. And I do pray that somehow, even through this microphone in my mouth, that these words will echo and that we'll be able to go forward as your called people here in this community. In Christ's name, amen.